Hello and welcome back to the History of the British Isles one year anniversary episode. Episode 18, The Warrior Queen. Any listener emails I, I receive will be addressed at the end of the episode. The main theme of this a- episode is Aethelflaed, Lady of the Mercians. I do not feel like I would do her justice if I put her in an episode mainly focusing about the reign of her brother and the one year anniversary episode of the podcast is as good a time as any to do some to get some female representation into the podcast. Without further ado, let's begin. Aethelflaed was the oldest child of Alfred the Great and was born sometime in 870 or 871. She was married to Aethelred II, Lord of Mercia, when she was 15 or 16 years old. Aethelred was 10 years her senior, but such partnerships were not common in Anglo-Saxon England, or, for that matter, the world, up until very recently. Aethelred was already an ally of Alfred, and, and assumed a puppet-like stasis under, it, under him. She and Aethelred had only one child, their daughter Elfwyn. We know that Elfwyn was born sometime before 903, because we find her name on a land charter which notes that she was not old enough to sign her own right. This means we can assume she was probably very young in 903. In 907, Aethelred fell and Aethelflaed took control, took control of Mercia. An Irish chronicle records, Aethelflaed, Queen of the Saxons, for her husband Aethelflaed, Queen of the Saxons, for her husband Aethelred was sick at that time. After being dethroned by an Irish revolt, a Viking named Ignamund fled to Mercia and asked if he could settle near Chester. This request was directed at Aethelflaed personally. On seeing, the more, on, same, on seeing more fertile pastures nearby, Ignamund called upon nearby Danes and Norwegians and planned to take Chester. On hearing this, Aethelflaed drew up her own plan for the coming defence of Chester. She had cavalry into, inside the city and waited for the defenders to start fleeing and the Vikings to start chasing them down. The infantry forces were not useless though. When the Vikings approached the old Roman walls, they poured boiling beer down on them. When the Vikings put their shields up to defend against the beer, the defenders threw hives of bees at, at the Vikings. Now that is creative. When the, fend- when the defenders did flee, her tactic worked as planned, and the Viking force was almost totally obliterated by, by the cavalry charge. Now let's move on to Aethelflaed's reign. In 911 CE, Aethelred died. With the lack of any male heir, Aethelflaed succeeded him as, as Lord of Mercia, becoming the Lady of the Mercians. She was so respected, even in some cases more than her father, that there was no challenge to her succeeding the throne. This is surprising because she is the first ever Queen of Mercia, ruling in her own right. And whenever you set a precedent, you always get challenged for it. Not Aethelflaed, though. On ascending the throne, she granted London to her brother. This was likely to secure his recognition of her title. The pair would have an almost symbiotic relationship, which I'll cover more next episode. Over the first five years of her reign, she expanded her father's birth system into Mercia. At the same time, she repelled Viking attacks. These attacks were retaliation for earlier attacks done by Edward on the Vikings, falling on Aethelflaed as his sister and vassal. In 960, 16, she sent an abbot named Ecbert on a diplomatic mission to Wales. He and his companions were murdered by the Welsh king they were sent to, and Aethelflaed raised an army to avenge his death. 
as should be expected, Aethelflaed beat the Welsh. The following year, in 817, she met an army of Danes at battle near Derby. She then marched into the Dane law and took Leicester without a fight. Buoyed on by Aethelflaed's victories, the Danes of York surrendered to her rule. As they were writing the Declaration of Submission, Aethelflaed died at Tamworth, possibly of a stroke. This happened on the 12th of June, 818. If that gets included in the test. If I should make a test. Should I make a test? Email me if you would like me to make a quiz about Anglo-Saxons once we get to 1066. Sorry for going on a tangent. Just thought that quiz might be a fun thing to do. And it also gives more literal meaning to whatever podcasters talk about what will and will not be on the test. Anyways, Aethelwyn succeeded her mother, but only ruled for a couple of months before Edward the Elder took control of Mercia and consolidated it into Wessex. As I said, Aethelflaed had an almost symbiotic relationship with her brother. I don't want to have to repeat myself next episode, so I'll leave some of the things Aethelflaed did with, with her brother till the next episode. Now, let's move on to talking a bit about the podcast Out of Narrative. This is the second podcast I've done. Originally, I made a podcast about politics called What About the Issues in late 2017. I've always been a bit of a politics and history nerd, and was inspired to make a podcast by David Crowther's History of England podcast, which I've listened th- to th- listened through multiple times. I ended up talking about the issues because I really wanted to do a history podcast. I just got into the Revolutions podcast by Mike Duncan, but I had but had always wanted to do a history podcast since the early days of What About the Issues. I'm really into British history, being British myself. When I started making this podcast, episodes were about three to four minutes long, and in, and in my own opinion, quite bad. I've already redone episodes one to three, and will already and, and will eventually redo forty as well. Ted could also do with some work on. I think I've got better over time. It's been a learning experience for me. I'm still trying to get better and better. I hope I continue to improve. The history podcasts I listen to myself are the Hellen- Hellenistic Age podcast, Pax Britannica. Early Stuart England, Derek Carlin's Hardcore History, The History of Byzantium, History in Technicolor, and the two I previously mentioned. Listing all of those made me realise how much I listened to. I generally listen on my way to school on account of it being over an hour away. I never have enough to listen to though. This podcast is going fast, and I find it amazing to see my listener, n- listenership jump massively after every episode. At the time of me writing this, Saturday, Saturday the 25th of May, I I have ha- have had around 100 listens on the most recent episode. That's astounding, in only two days. I record my episodes on my phone, so my setup is pretty much portable. The podcast is totally a hobby. I make it to have fun and to pass the time. I try to be somewhat disciplined, but sometimes I just don't feel like scripting. Only over 45% of all listens co- to the podcast come from Americans, and around 35% from the UK. I was surprised about the number of Americans listening to this podcast. I thought that UK listeners would be in the majority. In total, all episodes combined have have been listened to 3.7 thousand times. That number has been rising rapidly, though. Episode 1 has been 
listened to over 7,000 times, but then again it's been released twice. The Christmas special is the only episode with under 100 listens, which is understandable. That's quite a statistical breakdown, would you not agree? I didn't get any emails, so I can't cover that. I'm going to try to go back to a Sunday release schedule, so if you send an email after Sunday, it will not be possible for me to include it. I may include it in the next episode, though. Remember to follow me on Twitter, join the Discord server, and join me on Patreon. It greatly helps the show. That's all for, for today. Goodbye, and happy one-year anniversary.